In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and in this series is cooperation with Ascinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now you can learn more about Cinda under www.cinda.org. Now we don't only bring you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world, but we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence to digital transitions and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So you can listen to us live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific time. But if you miss us live, don't worry because we are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google to Stitcher to Spotify. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you'll find us all over the web. I also invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and tell me what you want to hear on this series. But no matter what, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. So I guess a question is, you know, what really defines leadership today in this unpredictable world? And this series is called Leadership Beyond Borders. And we often look and talk with leaders and look at leadership styles from all over the world, and they do vary. But there's always a core, a similar foundation and a similar framework. But this also has changed in the past couple of years. Now, certainly leadership has become more situational today, especially since the pandemic, and technology is having a huge impact on leadership today. But there's still a foundation that determines effective leadership and a foundation that helps us be better leaders. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about that foundation and you know how it works with the complicated work environment we have we take and how it works with complicated people. Now, our guest today is Bill Treasure, and he is the founder of Giant Leap Consulting, and he has worked with thousands of leaders in the U.S. and beyond, including NASA, eBay, UBS, Saks Fifth Avenue, and many more. Now, he's an author. He has several books on Amazon, and his latest book is called Leadership Two Words at a Time, Simple Truths for Leading Complicated People. Now, since the its inception in 2002, Giant Leap has designed, developed, and delivered comprehensive leadership successful pro- succession programs that are designed to deepen an organization's bench strength. Now, as I said, he has many, uh, he's an author of uh, many Books, and he is the author of Courageous Leadership Training Guide, and it's the world's only off-the-shelf facilitator training program, and his courage-building workshops have been taught to thousands of executives in 11 countries on five continents. And prior to Giant Leaf Consulting, Bill served as an executive at Accenture's Change Management and Human Performance Practice. So welcome back to the show, Bill. Kimberly, it is awesome to be with you and great to be back with Leadership Beyond Borders. And I'm looking forward to the time together. Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's been four years. So I am too. So in the four years, uh, you wrote another book, okay? Um, So what made you sit down and write this new book? You know, it's interesting. I actually, as we moved into the 
crazy pandemic experience going in March 2020, I actually resolved myself as we started to get into it and the months started to linger. I said, you know, I, I'm not going to be productive in the <laughs> traditional sense. I'm sure people are going to be like, hey, it's a great time to write a book. But I was determined not to write a book. And then <laughs> <laughs> a full year went by. I spent a lot of time uh, pivoting my business to do online sorts of things. And I also reconnected with uh, leadership theories and concepts and such that had helped me along the way. And about a year into the pandemic experience, I was like, okay, I set out not to write a book, but you know what? I've had a lot of thoughts about these books. And, uh, and it occurred to me that there is a need for a book for people who are transitioning into a leadership role for their first time. And that's mm -hmm. really an audience that I have a lot of experience with, working with that particular audience. And I thought senior leaders often complain they weren't handed a playbook when they moved into yep. a leadership role. And I thought, why not write the playbook based on all of the experiences that I've had that leaders have taught me that helped them be successful? And that sort of gave birth to the, the impulse to write a new book. Yeah. And you know what, that, that's, a, that's a segment, as we know, you know, and I remember my first leadership job, and you're, you just get kind of thrown in there. And, um, you know, there's not, you're right, there is not a playbook, and there's often not a lot of people there to help you. <laughs> right. So, uh, good to good choice. But you call it, you call it two, two words at a time. How did you come up, I love that title, by the way. When I saw it, I thought, this is great. But how did you come up with that? You know, it's actually sort of 10 years in the making. I had written a book a while back called Leaders Open Doors, and it's all about it, – it sort of simplifies leadership because me and a lot of leadership development practitioners, we do our best to complexify leadership. I call mm -hmm. myself a member of the Legion of Leadership Complexifiers, the <laughs> LLC. And uh, But I wrote this book, Leaders Open Doors. And the whole idea was to simplify the concept of leadership, to deburden it for people. And as I did that, over the years, I thought to myself, you know, if I was really to simplify it, how could I simplify it in the fewest amount of words? And I started cataloging concepts like value values and no surprises and things that people had taught me. And they, were, they tended to be two-word concepts. But what really locked it in for me is that I was working with somebody, and again, it was about 10 years ago, and it was a coachee of mine, and he was struggling to make partner in the company that he worked with. And when I talked to the people around him, they were like, we, we kind of don't want him to be a partner. He's super intense. He wants it to desperately. He kisses up to us so that he can get here. And, and he gives off the wrong vibe. And mm. so working with him, I said, listen, what do you think the partners are going to need? Because he at the time was an associate partner. What do they need from you? And what do you need to be able to move to partner? I said, give me it in the fewest amount of words. And he, he laid two, quest, uh, two words on me. He said, you know, I guess I would need calm and I mm -hmm. would need confidence. And I was like, bing. I was like, exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what you need, calm, confidence. And so then when he started get ready to get ready to go to like senior executive meetings with the partners, he would s uh, send me a text and be like, Hey, I'm going to go into a big meeting right now. I'm going to remember my CC, the calm confidence. And, and so that struck me, and it has struck me since, that when I work with my coachees, if I can have them define in the fewest amount of words the issue or challenge they're contending with, or define in the fewest amount of words the solution to handling that situation, more often than not, if they give me something that even boils down to two words, they're much mm -hmm. more likely to actually take action on it than if they burden themselves with a million things that a leader should do and just focus on the two words right in front of them. You know, I mean, that that is brilliant. And it kind of goes into um, your book a little bit on, on saying, you know, you're advising people going into leadership positions or trying to transition into one. And you talk about the first step is knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. And this story kind of shows that guy – what do I need? Calm and confident. So maybe he's not so calm or maybe he's not so confident. So, you know, wh why do you, do you find with new people that's very hard to try to get them to know themselves as the first step in leadership? Mm. I think oftentimes, I think that there are some leaders and they even can make it into very senior positions. I mean, you know, narcissism mm -hmm. definitely runs. Oh, yeah a common leadership trait among CEOs, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's sometimes there is a certain obliviousness uh, mm -hmm. with, with leaders as they progress and, they're, and they insulate themselves from feedback that could actually help them grow. 
And But the leaders that I have seen that have been most effective have a degree of self-awareness and have become comfortable in their own skin. They've identified, first of all, their values. They've mm-hmm. also identified their strengths. They know what kind of situations they should put themselves in and which situations they would be good to bring other people into to offset the, the lack of skill that they've got for that given situation. I also mm-hmm. talk about, um, Kimberly, when it comes down to self-knowledge and self-awareness, first of all, it's Socratic, right? Like mm-hmm. that chapter is called Know Thyself and it goes back mm-hmm. to Socrates. The, the idea that if you know who you are and you know what your blind spots are, and you identify not just your strengths, and here's something, not so much your weaknesses, but understand what your strengths are. I call that your sunshine. And then what are the shadows that the overuse of your strengths can cast? Because that oftentimes will get in the way of your leadership. So I'll give you a for example. That if a leader, if somebody says, you know, well, I, what I'm really good at is I am a critical thinker. I'm a really critical thing. I can solve problems because I think critically. That's great. We want leaders who are critical thinkers. But the overuse of critical thinker can become, I'm scrutinizing everybody's work. I start to micromanage mm-hmm. what they do. I'm always finding the flaw in what people say. I'm never having a positive experience with people. And people see you as the negative Nelly because all you do is look at the risk of everything. That's the overuse of critical thinking. So we have to know what our sunshine is, the contribution, the gift, the value that we bring. But we also need to identify through self-awareness, self-knowledge about what's the overuse of my strength as well. Mm-hmm. A, a very good way, a interesting way to put that. I, I really find that really great because, um, you know, it's it's not saying here's my biggest weakness, but what are the consequences of my biggest strength? Yeah. Uh, brilliant. And and so, it, it, you know, in this getting to know yourself and your introduction, the first, the first part of your book, um, you're also talking about, um, you know, self-discipline, self-control and self-governance. Where does that come into it? Personally, I think it comes into kind of all of it. Mm-hmm. What you don't want to be for your people is a mess. <laughs> when they, you know, <laughs> who wants to be led by a mess? A person whose life is personally out of control, and mm-hmm. then you go to visit them, and they're disorganized, they are undisciplined, and they're telling you how to be a leader. It's yeah. uh, so. I think that it, it doesn't mean that. You, look, I'm not saying that you need to be some fastidious, uptight, you know, uh, see. <laughs> you know th- there's that you know, shadow too, right? But w- what I am suggesting is that you have to know how to prioritize your goals. You have to make a good use of your time, which is to prioritize your time. And you need to be a good persuasive communicator. So there are certain sort of table stakes that you've got to be able to have as a leader so that you're that people have confidence in your leadership and that you'll lose confidence if people think that you lack self-discipline, if you lack self-control, particularly around your emotions, mm-hmm. and if you're not able to govern your own emotional condition, then people are going to say, I-, I don't think I want to be led by that person. Yeah, that's true. And and uh, a lot of times, you know, these are things that are kind of natural, but you can also develop these, can't you, Bill? I mean, you know, if if... If, if you're not that organized, you can learn to develop, you can develop yourself to be organized. But a lot of leaders, they don't, they, they don't continue to develop themselves. And, you know, uh, there's two leadership writers I'm sure you're very aware of, Jim Cousins and Barry mm-hmm. Posner, who wrote yep. the Leadership Challenge, right? Sold 9 million copies. Actually, I have a new version of it getting ready to come out, the new edition. And they say in their book, Learning Leadership, and I think this is so true, that leaders have to constantly be asking them a two-word question. Again, it comes down to two words. Two words. <laughs> and, and the two-word question is, what's better? What's mm-hmm. better? That they're constantly looking for improvement. They're never never fully satisfied. So they're, they say, hey, we just did great as a project team on this. We overcame these challenges. Everybody high five. There's another mountain to climb. I wonder how we can do it better next better time. Better next time. Yeah. And it's not just doing it for your projects and your projects teams that you're leading, but it's also pointing that finger at us and saying, how can I do better? Yeah. How can I improve? And yeah. if you lose that edge of self-improvement, you start to become personally complacent and you start mm-hmm. to become stale. Yeah, Personally, mm-hmm. I think you lose vibrancy for your own career. So it's important to continue to develop, to continue to learn, continue to open yourself up for feedback so that you don't you know, have built in your own sort of obsolescence. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, very, very good point. And, um, you know, we've seen so many leaders who just kind of do come complacent. But we're going to take a short break, uh, Bill. And when we come back, I want to want to kind of go into your book a little bit more and talk about the segment about leading people. And for our listeners, our guest today is Bill Treasurer, and he's the founder of Giant Leap Consulting. And he's worked with thousands of leaders in the U.S. and beyond. And he is the author of the book, Leadership Two Words at a Time, Simple Truths for Leading Complicated People. And the book just came out. You can find it on Amazon. And you can also reach out to Bill on on Facebook under Bill Treasurer, on LinkedIn, and Encourage, on Twitter under B Treasurer, and on his website, www.giantleapconsulting.com. And so please reach out to Bill. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit uh, digital marketing association. So please look up Cinda under www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Not enough women are talking about money. Lisa Chastain is aiming to change that. If you are feeling uncertain with your financial decisions, join us on Real Money, Mondays at 10 a.m. on the Voice America Business Channel, where you will learn how to become more capable with your financial choices. Listen in and hear stories from other women on how they tackled their financial challenges. You will learn from leading industry experts all the tips, tricks, and advice that you need to establish financial confidence and freedom. Listen in Mondays on Real Money with Lisa Chastain. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis. And today we're talking about leadership and we're talking with Bill Treasure, who is the author of Leadership Two Words at a Time, Simple Truths for Leading Complicated People. And he is the founder of Giant Leap Consulting and has worked with thousands of leaders in the U.S. and beyond, including NASA, eBay, UBS, Saks Fifth Avenue, and many more. So, Bill, we started talking about, you know, uh, your book and, and, and how this is targeted to you know, people transitioning into new leadership positions or going into new leadership positions for the first time. And um, as the first step, finding themselves, and we talked about self-discipline, self-control, and self-governance as, as being important examples, okay? But what about composure, okay? Um, why is composure important? And Because you write about that a little bit in your book, and, and, and what do you mean when you're talking about composure? Mm. Yeah, thank you for the question. You know, think about it, or even your own listeners could think about it as I'm 
you know, posing this. Have you ever worked for a short-fused, quick-tempered hothead? You probably mm. have. And, and how, did that, how did you receive that? You probably felt shut down. You probably said, I'm going to bite my tongue and not offer any more ideas. You probably folded your arms. Maybe you just shook your head and said, yes, boss. And, but inside, you were saying swear words and built a resentment. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that kind of anger transmission is unhealthy leadership. It's leading by fear. And you don't get the most out of people when you're putting fear inside of them. By the way, I call that infearing people by trying to make them afraid so that they'll be motivated to do work. And, and I guess I know where it comes from. We all get triggered. And our mm-hmm. emotions can sometimes, we can become inebriated with our own emotions and sort of under their control. And so the idea of composure becomes really important to leadership because in the insanity of work, and let's face it, it can sometimes be insane. You have to be the adult in the room. You have to be the role model for other people about how to handle situations. You don't want to be a freakout artist. So you know, gaining composure, and what I say as the chapter is cultivating composure is important mm-hmm. to leadership. And part of it is, how do you start your day? How do you start your day? Do you immediately jump right out of bed and start into shooting the day down like it's a game of Space Invaders? Do you wolf down, <laughs> you know, do you <laughs> wolf down a burrito, listen to some shock jock on the radio or some other form of angertainment, and then boom, start to move into your day? Or do you get up? Do you have some thoughtful reflection? I, I have a meditation book in my office. It's, at, you know, it's, a, it's not just um, – it's meditative, but it's called The Daily Stoic. It's by Ryan Holiday, and I read ancient wisdom, typically from Marcus Aurelius, but sometimes Socrates, sometimes Epictetus, sometimes Seneca. And it's giving me – what it does is it gives me a thought for a day and a simple paragraph to read. Five minutes is all it takes, one page. And it gets me reflecting on who, am the, who is the leader that I need to be in the world today. If nothing else, Kimberly, I love Ben Franklin's great two questions that he bookends the day with. The first question is, what good do I want to bring in the world today? You could ask that Mm -hmm. of yourself as a leader. And then at the end of the day, just ask the reflection question, what good did I bring into the world today? And so I think if we go in with a certain thoughtfulness and intentionality, a, a place of groundedness and composure, that when the world wants to freak out around us, we can maintain our own personal integrity and be a good role model for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that Ben Franklin also. That's that's really nice. And then you're right, you know, just starting that day with um, just bang, bang, bang is is. It, you know, sometimes it's task oriented, but not really effective. <laughs> but uh, yeah. anyways, but I want to I want to co- stay with something that you said because fear. Okay, mm. so um, you know, with the motivating people and and holding composure. I mean, the old school. Um, you know, thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, you know, leaders motivated by fear. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and today, today we don't. We just have we have a new environment. Um, you know, the new generations, um, whether it's the late millennials or the generation Z, you know, they're looking for other things in the workplace. So how do we, you know, this has changed. How do we motivate people today in the workplace? Yeah, well, you are absolutely right. Things have changed. I was in a session this week in Chicago. We had 40 people in the room, and we were talking about psychological safety and emotional intelligence as it mm-hmm. relates to leadership. And one of the guys in the back, uh, he, he came out of the field in a construction company, and he was saying, you know, let, let, let me tell you. You know, sometimes you just have to tell people what to do, and you just got to be right tough in your face because that's the only way you're going to motivate these field guys to get things done. And and, uh, you know, some of the room was shaking their head yes, and some of the people were like, open their eyes. And a woman in the room, she said, you know what? I wouldn't be motivated by you on your team if that's what you're going to motivate me with, right? Like, people have choices today. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the old days they didn't, uh, but now they'll go somewhere else where they are treated with respect. This It doesn't mean you can certainly be firm as long as you're also fair. So I think that what people want today is, first of all, they want it to be treated eyeball to eyeball with respect. 
second of all, they want you to they want to be brought in on the process of motivating them. Get to know what mm-hmm. motivates me. Get to know what my skills and strengths and where I want to develop and what how I want to grow in this company under your leadership. Not just what you want me to do for you, but what is it that I can how can I grow under your leadership? And here are the things that I'm interested in. Give me a career path, for example. Instead of just having me do some task pigeonholed into a box, let's talk about what the growth opportunities are for me around here. And that word opportunity is everything. People Mm -hmm. are motivated by opportunity much more than they're uh, operating by fear. So you Mm -hmm. as a leader have to figure out what are the opportunities that might be available to this person. It doesn't mean promotion, but it might mean new skills, access to different leaders, different and more challenging projects, these kinds of things. Yeah, and that that kind of goes into another thing that you said in the book. You know, I mean, we all know that job skipping it, it has been more than ever in the you know in the last few years. And and the you know the new people coming into the jobs and the new leaders. You're right. If they don't like it, they'll go someplace else. Okay. Um, so, you know, development. How you're talking about respect and motivation, opportunity. Um, and development. I mean, how do you nurture this new talent so that they feel like they're belonging, they feel like they're getting someplace? If you if you are in a fairly sizable organization, I hope that they've got some investment in training and development. Like yeah. if that's like table stakes, right? They've got yeah. to be able to have that, but some don't. Um, the challenge is, I think that I actually had a conversation one time with Ken Blanchard, the great Ken Blanchard. <laughs> uh, you know, he's written some eighty books yeah. or co-authored yeah. many of them. Um, and I look up to him a great deal. And and he said, when I asked him, I'm like, why do we still struggle with leadership? Why why do we still in the 21st century have leaders who act like it's the 17th century? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, Bill, I think it sometimes comes down to about 15 minutes. He said, I think if every leader would meet with their direct reports 15 minutes every week or two, and here's the key to that conversation, it can be nothing about their productivity working on tasks for your project. It's not about what work they're doing for you and statusing them on that. Because you do that all the time as right. a boss. These 15 minutes have to be invested in connecting with them, figuring out, asking them, how are things going? How are things going outside of work? What kinds of things are important to you right now? What are some uh, life events that you're willing to share with me that are going on for you? Is your, what you're doing is you're building trust. You're showing a genuine interest in that person. You're listening deeply to the things that matter to them, their own values. And then you're shifting to, how can I support you in, the, in your growth opportunities? Are there some things you're not doing around here that you'd like to? Are there things that we're not taking advantage of that talent-wise, that you'd like to be able to apply here at work. So it's just making a concerted effort to have 15 minutes not focused on their productivity furthering a goal for you, because you do that all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and but the, the, many leaders feel quite vulnerable, you know, when they when they start, you know, when it comes to building trust and talking to employees, and because they're also kind of opening up themselves. What you you talk a little bit about that in your book? Um, how do you, you know, it takes. Uh, how can they, you know, better do this and and build better trust? I mean, fifteen minutes, but is it also just uh, doing things by example? Um, and how do you get leaders to understand that this is, you know, they have to be vulnerable in their position, but yep. they also have to have courage. Right. And actually, I connect the two concepts because mm-hmm. I think they'll go, they go together. Vulnerability mm-hmm. is a kind of courage. We don't think of it in the traditional sense of courage, but it absolutely takes courage mm-hmm. to get disarmed, to become emotionally available, to become sort of sometimes emotionally exposed. Um, you know, and in some respects, too. The, you, the leader should let themselves off the hook a little mm-hmm. bit. They don't have to be perfect, and nobody's expecting them to be. They don't have to have all the answers. It's okay to say, hey, I don't know, but I need your help figuring it out. You don't have to be, and this is a critical one, I think, Kimberly, is too many leaders, when they're sharing a story with their direct reports, they make themselves the hero of the story. Uh, you know, yeah. This thing was broken over here, but then I told that guy over there, and he got that thing fixed. Or this yeah. thing wasn't working and, until I came on board and made that. And we all know that that's arrogance at play. You're that's better off. narcissism again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
And we'd all be better off if you don't make yourself the hero of the story. And this is how you build trust with people is that share your own, you know, the pitfalls that you to share a story about a mistake you made. Share a story about when you got it wrong. Share a story about something you wish you knew then that you know now. That kind of stuff is disarming for folks. And it shows your authenticity. And it shows that you're just like them, that you don't think that you're sort of, quote unquote, above them as a person. So so I think it uh, it does take courage, though. And I think that a leader would be wise to put it through the framing of courage instead of being feeling the fear like if they do feel fear about being vulnerable, just recognize that courage is fearful, not fearless. Mm-hmm. That the sign that they are feeling afraid and they're still doing it, sharing the vulnerability, that in fact is what courage looks like. Yeah. And uh, we, I have one more question that kind of goes in this trust thing before we go to the break, Bill. Um, Trust is also building inclusivity, okay? And, I mean, we have, um, and I don't know about the all the legislation in the U.S., but here in, in Europe, we have a lot of laws that monitor inclusivity, diversity, and things. But um, it doesn't always happen, and leaders don't always embrace that. I mean, how can we get leaders to understand that's also part of building trust is to make sure there is inclusivity, you, you know, I would put it through the prism of danger and risk from this mm-hmm. standpoint. You know, too many leaders make the mistake of hiring people who look like, talk like, mm-hmm. and think like themselves. You're mm-hmm. hiring replicates. That's going to narrow the creative energy on your team. So diversity, at the very least, is helpful from an inspiring innovation standpoint, which is the thri- thriving, you know, what takes organizations and helps them thrives and it doesn't sure you know we can fit the male female black white mm-hmm. uh, ethnicity and, and race and such and gender and uh, religion and uh, those things absolutely matter to diversity but if nothing else just the fact that people have thinking styles that are different mm-hmm. exactly to, attending mm-hmm. to that and not excluding people because they think differently than you in fact those are the people you should put on the team. By the way, a, a good model for this are most militaries, you mm-hmm. know, because when you're in the trenches, it doesn't matter what the person, you know, what they, their religion is or, you know, are they going to pick up the gun with me? That's what, you know, matters. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to take a short break now, um, Bill. And when we get back, I, I want to talk about um, leading work and just talk about the new norm we're in today, okay? And uh, for our listeners, we're talking to Bill Treasurer, and he's the founder of Giant Leap Consulting, and he's worked with thousands of leaders in the U.S. and beyond, including NASA, eBay, UBS, uh, Saks, and many more. His new book, which is on Amazon, is called Leadership Two Words at a Time, Simple Truths for Leading Complicated People. And he is also the author of the Courageous Leadership Training Guide, and this is the world's only off-the-shelf facilitator training program, and his courage-building workshops have been taught to thousands of executives in 11 countries and five continents. Now, you can learn more about him on his website, www.giantleapconsulting.com, but you can find him all over social media. You can find him on Facebook under Bill Treasurer, on LinkedIn under Encourage, and on Twitter under B Treasurer. So please go to the website and go to Amazon for the books. Now, this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit market, digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers on digital. They hold conferences. Their next conference is going to be uh, with access in Tel Aviv on the 14th of um, February this year, and their CINDA Big Conference is in uh, Berlin um, on May 20th to 21st, uh, 21st to 24th in Berlin. So please go to www.cinda.com and look them up. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insights from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, and get hired into the career you want and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking to Bill Treasurer, and he is the founder of Giant Leap Consulting. And he is also the author of of a new book that's out, Leadership Two Words at a Time, Simple Truths for Leading Complicated People. And he's also the author of a book, The Courageous Leadership Training Guide, and this is the world's only off-the-shelf facilitator training program. So welcome back, Bill. And, um, you know, we've, we've been talking about what leaders, you know, their behaviors and um, building trust. But I want to come to a point that you talk about in your book about business and about leaders really have to love business because it's an essential part of leading the work. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And, you know, for your listeners, the, the book is broken into three parts, right? Leading yourself and leading others. But you do those two things so that you can lead work. And those three things collectively, I call leadership fitness. You got to be good at leading yourself, good at leading others, but you also got to get results, and you got to get the work done, and leading work. And the the challenge is when you first move into a leadership role, and when you're early in your career, it, business itself can be really intimidating. Just mm-hmm. the lingu- lingo and the language that people. I remember when I would walk into a senior executive room, and they would, you know, their head, their face would be scouring and they would be talking about things like the share of wallet of the consumer and the strategic value added proposition. And, and then they would use a financial term like EBITDA. Oh, yes. And of course, we've got to watch the EBITDA. And I'd, I'd be like, oh, my God, what are they talking about? <laughs> and I felt so small and so intimidating. And there's a lot to know about the business. You've got to understand the risk profile, the risk appetite. How do we lower risk through the contract management system? We have to understand business development and how do we make sure that we have a pipeline of new opportunities coming our way? How do we make sure and ensure quality of our services and products? Are we have a new product development? Do we have research that makes that happen? How are we taking care of our customers? Are we keeping them loyal? But we also have to bring them in the company as well. And how are we doing? In other words, there's so much to learn about business that at first, it can be really intimidating and you'll feel small and you'll feel heavy in the burden of uh, being a leader. But over time, you start to realize, look, I'm going to be here at work probably more than I'm at home for the next 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) I probably need to, you know, learn about this. And once you lean into it, instead of being afraid of it, the more you learn, the more interesting 
it gets. Sure, from the problem solving, from the setting a, a strategic direction and moving towards it, and then seeing things happen that you helped decide upon years before. It's like a big canvas where you get to apply your contributions, your value, and your creativity while working with other creative people and triumphing sometimes, and sometimes overcoming challenges and setbacks. So leadership itself can be this wonderful place where you get to apply your creative energy and become a better and enhanced human being once you lean into it and start learning the piece parts. You can't afford to put yourself in a little box just knowing your little department because it fits into something bigger in the company and you'd be wise to figure out what those piece parts are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, when you were saying that, I was thinking about something. It's also um, – learning real life in business because you know you go to you get your MBA and you 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 know how to read a balance sheet you know how to do this then you come in and you're actually in the firm and everything looks different yes (laughs) yes I've had so many like you know graduates coming in well that's not exactly how they taught us okay oh (laughs) I know I told I talked to a person one time that they were coming out of school like a graduate school and their degree was in some sort of a conflict management thing and I'm like well why why would you like to work for this company so well I I aim to change the narrative of the conflict and how it's like I'm thinking to myself yeah you're gonna change the entire company's (laughs) narrative on how to handle conflict as one person I mean you 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 get the you get a reality check pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta applaud the uh, enthusiasm, but okay. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, just on, on leaders. So you know, you get this love for business, and then you, you're in the business. And yeah. and one of the part of the business is leaders are measured on results. Okay. And and one of the 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 hardest thing, especially in a big company, is is cascading that vision or or getting the combined you know working on a common goal okay um how can you you know successfully cascade um cascade things to help others understand the, what the common goal is that's always kind of a leadership hold that i see people struggling with it's a gap in a lot of yeah. organizations and not just a single leadership like it's a lot yeah. of times a flaw in a company mm-hmm. um, is the communications piece a lot of companies are pretty okay with setting strategy some some are not but but mm-hmm. uh, some companies that i work with are actually pretty good at this and they typically will have an annual offsite where they're bringing the business plans to set their projections for the next year, talking about what didn't work the year before, looking at the risks, looking at the competitive landscape. All that's great. They have the the great holy person on the mountain experience where they bring the tablets and they say, here's our strategy for next year. There are four initiatives that we're going to be pursuing aggressively. And then that and they do it as their offsite. And then that's oftentimes that's it. Mm. They they sort of just leave it to the managers to you know, go figure it out and, and let's meet again a year from now and see how we did. But I think you really need to have a solid communication plan that connects to a meetings architecture about how we are going to cascade this down. And one, you know, so I've seen many ways of doing this. The first is the the town hall where you have the mm-hmm. senior executive body together and you're communicating with them. But you got to make sure at some point the single individual managers are having one-on-one conversations with their managers and then are having team conversations at the project level. Everybody needs to know what the strategic initiatives are on a on a yearly basis that the company is pursuing aggressively. And oh yeah, by the way, when people come into the company, they better be informed about what the mission and vision of mm-hmm. the company is and what the values, the core values of the company. If those things aren't stated and and constantly communicated through newsletters, through the stories that people tell, at the events that the company holds, then then you're going to do your company a disservice. And so if your company's not doing it, and you're hearing this today on Leadership Beyond Borders, that this is something, this is a way you can add value to your own company because it's a critical thing to cascade goals in a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you're right. And so I'm going to, yeah, I have a thousand questions for you because your book's fantastic. I'm recommending it to, to our, our listeners right now. But I'm kind of skip, when, when you're talking about this cascading, um, you know, in the old days, like you said, you can bring everybody in. You can have a town hall. Um, mm. Today, we have this new hybrid work environment, okay? Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, leadership has changed, okay? So how 
you know, how do you develop the best practices when you're actually not really even seeing the people? I mean, you're seeing them virtually, okay? You might want to see them, you know, some companies have gone, not gone back to the office at all. Some people have them coming in two days a week. Um, how has this changed the entire approach to leadership? Well, it definitely has changed yeah. the entire approach to leadership. And I, I hope that it, I don't think we're through the transition yet. I don't mm, think that we've yeah. gotten to the other side. So, hence the idea of hybrid, right? If just think of that a year and a half ago. We were just home. Right. We were just right. remote. And before that, in 2019, we were all at work. Mm-hmm. Very few of us were remote. So now we're in this hybrid transition where we're still trying to figure out our way. Well, one thing I would say is that r- remote leadership, I know we, it's so contemporary because of the pandemic experience, but remote leadership has been going on for at least 20 years. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the outsourcing, offshore outsourcing days that and call center work where folks in the United States were leading people in India and the Philippines and uh, Taiwan and this kind of thing. And they were learning about remote leadership then. So there, even today, if you Google remote leadership tips, you'll get like 350 million hits. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of information about it. What I would say is as a leader, the, the, what's, make, what's hard about it, Kimberly, is the exceptionality. Whereas mm-hmm. before, you, you mentioned it in the, in the lead to uh, the intro to the program, it Back in the day, we had standard operating procedures and protocols that everyone had to abide by. And now a leader has to have kind of a bespoke leadership style and approach where each person is getting their individual accommodations and it cutting deals almost with yeah. each individual. It's, and it's, that's hard because it takes away a little bit of the fairness piece. You know, me allowing somebody to work for home who's taking care of an immune compromised parent, uh, look, I look like a hero. Mm-hmm. But to the person who's got to be on site every day who might not be married, they're thinking, well, how come that person gets to work home? Yeah. So so there's this uh, – you, there, you do need a certain flexibility and adaptability. What I would say for leaders, for the people who are working remotely, there's a tendency to overwork, not underwork mm. when they work remotely. And you have to be keyed into that. And, and you have to watch it for yourself too as right. a leader that you've got to make sure that, that uh, you – you know, are checking in with each individual periodically. How are things going? Make sure that you're looking at their time cards, making sure they're not overworking uh, and doing likewise yourself. And on the other end, you need to make yourself available for office hours, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, some two hours a week where people know they're able to get you remotely, that you'll be available for a quick chat. You need to, you don't want to be inaccessible to them. But, you know, it is definitely a hard moment for making through this hybrid experience. Yeah. yeah and as you, you said that perfectly, I think we're still learning, okay, um, because we were all remote. Now there is some hybrid, um, you know, so it, I don't think we're going to actually know this for a while, okay? But you're right, Agreed. Um, Agreed. and and plus you add the global component to to it, um, mm. and it makes it even more complicated. So we're getting towards the end, Bill. But I just said, because what you know, in all your consulting and discussion, um, what do you, what have you seen as the biggest challenge for leaders um, or new leaders as they're coming into new positions? Mm. I think two come to mind. The the first is that what made you so successful as an individual contributor is that you knocked a lot of items off your to-do list and you did it really well. You were personally productive and somebody saw you and said, see that person there? They're so productive. Let's give them a team. And so as you start leading, you start doing what you did before. You start to mm-hmm be productive, but now you feel like you need to know every single person's job. And when they don't do that job, well, you start taking hold of it. And the next thing you know, you're getting subsumed through your own micromanagement, the inability to delegate. It's, I would say it's the most common Mm -hmm. uh, leadership skill struggle that I see with new leaders. Um, The second thing with new leaders is when you signed up to be a leader and they put you in a leadership role, a lot of times it was something operational or something based on your technical knowledge, so technical Mm -hmm. or operational. Then you get in leading a team, and half the time is being a psychiatrist. Yeah, true. (laughs) No, he told you. (laughs) No, he told you that part. 
you know, a lot of times you get moved in because you were technically brilliant and you were operationally super sound and they, you thought, okay, I'm going to be relying on this expertise. And maybe your own professional discipline coming out of college was some yeah. sort of a professional discipline. And now you're, you didn't go to school for psychology. Yeah. Uh, so you do have to get boned up on ideas like psychological safety and emotional intelligence and employee engagement. So you have to learn how to take the hard stuff that you're doing. And it's not that it's soft stuff. It in itself is hard, but yeah. you you will stunt your own growth and effectiveness and influence with people if you don't also attend to these softer things that can absolutely get in the way of good work. Yeah, exactly. Great comment. So, uh, Bill, we're almost at the end. So, you know, your book is called Two Words. So, I would like to give have you give our audience your final two words. Oh. <laughs> I tricked you. Oh, you tricked me. I better come over. I, have, I hope I pull something out of my hat. On this no, it's not hard for no. me, actually. The, okay. the, uh, I bookend the book with the same two words. I introduce the book. I dedicate the book to new leaders, and I give them the two words. And at the end of the book, it's the very final chapter in the book, and the header is, Be Courageous. Be Courageous. You are going to face challenging, hard, anxiety-provoking experiences. You are going to have fear. You are going to have to move into discomfort so that you grow. All of that requires courage. I assure you, if you apply your courage, you will gain more confidence and you will actually start to enjoy the act of leading. It will take some of the burden away. So remain courageous as you go through this experience. Well, thank you. And thank you for being with us today. It's always a pleasure. And um, for our listeners, we've been talking to Bill Treasurer, and he's the founder of Giant Leap Consulting. And his new book, which is on Amazon, is called Leadership Two Words at a Time, Simple Truths for Leading Complicated People. He also has another book on Amazon, The Courageous Leadership Training Guide, the world's only off-the-shelf facilitator training program. He has done courage building workshops to thousands of executives, and he has worked with thousands of leaders in the U.S. and beyond, including NASA, eBay, UBS, um, but Saks Fifth Avenue, and many more. And you can reach out to him. You can go to his website, which is www.giantleapconsulting, and look at his work there. His books are on Amazon. You can reach Bill on Facebook under Bill.Treasurer and on Twitter under Treasurer. And just Google him and he'll pop up. And thank you for listening to us. This broadcast has also been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's largest nonprofit digital marketing associations. You can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. So once again, Bill, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Kimberly, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you to all of your listeners. Yeah. And thank you, listeners. And please tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.